Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. We're getting ready to welcome in the new year. I pray that you have enjoyed your Christmas season. In a couple of days, it will be 2024. I hope that you are seeking the face of God so that you can determine what it is that God wants you to do. Remember, this year is a year to fulfill your purpose in him. Today we are continuing our conversations with Keith Wise, the author of the book of Daddyism's Words from the Wise. This book he co-authored with his daughter. It can be purchased at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and Books a Millions. We're going to jump right into a conversation where we're discussing who's holding your mat, and we are making a conversation surrounding the family. We believe that it is your family that is an integral part of who you are and who you are going to be. Join us as you go right into that conversation. Who's carrying your mat? Your family. If you, if you don't have, if you if you don't have that, you need to find out how to develop that. Because if you develop that, then you'll develop better relationships. That's correct. And and you and, oh. and even if you don't have that kind of supportive family. That's what was so important about the village. If yes. there were inconsistencies in your family, whether it was alcoholism, whether it was neglect, or, or whether it was abuse, there were always people on the outside who saw this, but also saw the need to protect you in that village. And these people were the people that became parental surrogates and made sure that you had the support that you needed to be successful in life. Bishop, that is so critical um, because now, and in the book I made, well, made the comment, Deshaun and I talked, because sometimes we see parents 
that are yelling at their children. And some of my friends that, uh, my male friends now, we, we make an intentional habit. And we walk up and we say, you know, to a mother or even to a father, say, excuse me, but do you have to believe in Jesus? And 100% of them will say yes because they're frustrated because they don't have the money, the time, the willing. And we'll say, look, you know, Jesus never yelled. So why are you yelling at his children? A softer voice carries a bigger message. And every person we have had that conversation with stops. So you bring a little bit of that home, a little bit of that whisper, course correcting them, and hopefully changing their day and making that child a better child. So you yell at a child too much, you lose them. You lose them. You lose them. We have and, 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 and to your point, we, we had a village that people were always whispering to us. And if we stop talking to our children out here in the street, those children are going to be lost because we've been taught now that we shouldn't talk to them. And we can't be afraid of tomorrow's legacy and tomorrow's generation. These are the people exactly. that are going to be taking care of you when you get older. You won't always be young. You won't always be agile. You won't always be mobile. And and maybe you can. You can, You take good care of your health, sure. But that's not the story for the bulk of the American populace. And so in light of that, we have to make sure that we secure a better America by being actively engaged in the life of children who are in our sphere of influence. We can't run from them and just because they're wearing all black doesn't make them a thug. There are certain stereotypes that we have. And just because they're on the corner with a group of thugs don't mean that they're really a thug. Some kids are still this age-old addict they're trying to fit in. They just want a family. They have just want a family. Many kids have engaged in illegal activity around the meta-narrative of needing a family. And these guys that were on the street gave them that sense of of family, how false it may have been, but they gave them that sense of family. And then when they asked them to do something, they did it because they felt that there was a concern for them or a love for them or uh, at least a tangible touch from them that inspired negativity, a negative approach to life, but it, it was at least a touch. And we have to be very careful. We're in a generation now where not only are we afraid of the kids that are in the street, but we're negatively involved with the children that have, birth, have been birthed through us. I see a generation yeah. of parents that uh, are so engrossed in cell phones and digital platforms with your head down that you don't see that there's a drama and a saga developing right at your ankles and at, in, your, in your presence that you're not addressing because the child feels that you have a, a more of a connection to your phone that's non-living than you do to the child that's living and we have and I'm not saying that's every parent that's not every parent that's in that that's raising children's era that's that would be the fallacy of composition but what I am saying that it's enough 
parents to really negatively impact the future of this country and the future of the family because the cell phone can contribute to the deconstruction of the family. Bishop, in one of our previous conversations, and I think this is the ideal time, if you don't mind sharing, you told me about the story about a parent or a caretaker on a beach on a phone and a small child out of that. Do you want to, you want to talk more about Do you remember that story? Yes, I, I do. I, I was watching, uh, I was looking at an Instagram post, and it was intriguing, and I, I just opened it up. And you could see from a distance on the cell phone, the, the, really the, the, capture, the capture caught me. The capture said, uh, only God can do this. And so I opened it up, and you could see this child floating. And you couldn't, actually, you couldn't even see the child. You could only see something like a, a pool float. But it was miles away from shore. And this was a, a, um, a transport, like a ferry, transporting people in cars from one side of a, a land base to another. And as the video got clearer, you could literally see that there was a child with arm floats on, significant of the floats that you would have either at a pool or at a beach, sitting on this large, I'll call it a, a rubber ducky, if you will, you know, a good-sized rubber ducky, just holding on, just kind of looking around. And as the boat or the currents, I'm not sure if the currents carry the child or the boat, you know, carried the uh, turned towards the child, but as they got closer to the child, the child was sitting calmly, unbothered, unaffected. But there was no parent to be seen. And my question was, how did a child this young, under seven years of age, somewhere probably between four and seven years of age, get on a float and get out here in the middle of nowhere and there's no parent to be found? Was that parent on a cell phone? What distracted you so much that your child floats away on a current and you don't know it? And it was so troublesome, so bothersome because many of our children are floating away on currents. Currents of digital instruction, currents of violence, Currents of drugs, currents of toxicity and abuse, and we don't know it because we're so inner and gross that we don't see that there's an outer world that's impacting our children in a very negative way. I remember coming home, and I thank God for my parents. I thought it was—I thought it was child abuse. I really—I thought this was child abuse. Uh, uh, Keith, I, I, you 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 make me come home and do my homework, <laughs> and I got chores, I gotta clean, I I I gotta make sure I, I pick my clothes up off the floor. Are you kidding me? All my friends are outside, and you're making me read a book, a chapter a day, stop at periods, pause at commas, and 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 make sure that every Punctuation mark is punctuated. Are you kidding me? Everybody's happy, but boy, you're not going to have no fun 
until you do your work. You're going to set your priorities and then you can go outside. But if you don't wash these dishes and you don't do this reading, you're not going outside. So you figure out what you want to do. And I thought that was cruel and unusual punishment. But now I realize that they were trying to set the tenor for my life. So that I would have purpose. That I could speak the king's English. That I could articulate when necessary. That I could go wherever I needed to go. And I was not blocked because I was not able to communicate properly. And I thank God for my parents. Amen on that. Amen on that. There is a, a gap now. When I read the book of Dadaisms, we have to know that even though I caught an attitude, and my mama would just say to me, she said, you want to cry? Go ahead and cry. You can cry now or you can cry later. So I choose to let you cry in my presence so I can comfort you. But you're going to do what I ask you to do because I know the world that you're getting ready to get into. And you have to be prepared and it's my job to prepare you. And your daughter writing this book with you, co-authoring this book with you, says that you had the same mindset. It's my job to prepare you. It's my job to assist you so that you can become the person that God wants you to become. My mother would get on her knees with me and we would pray together when I was a young child. And I learned the Lord's Prayer and I learned that there was a God and and. All of these things, my father coming home and and my father was a mail carrier for 30 years and fought the federal government to become a supervisor because everyone he trained was coming out of college and they were supervisors. So he went to college. He said back then you only needed two years. He went to college, made the dean's list, and they still did not give him the next position. So he did a lawsuit. The, the lawyer he had was seemingly not really fighting for him but taking his money, so he took the case on himself. And it took him years, but he won. And he finally became a postal supervisor. But they wore him out to the point that by the time he became a supervisor, he was so tired, Keith, from the battle with them that he did it for two or three years and, and called it quits. But I, he opened the doors for other young people of color to be promoted without fighting in a court to get a position of authority in, within the context of, a, of, a, of an organization. So I, I understand now why he did what he did. But when you're young, it, it's taking so much time away from the family and it was a drain on the family. But, you know, there's no fight that doesn't cost you something. There's no fight that's going to affect other people that does not cost somebody something. It costs Martin his life. It costs Jesus his life to make changes. So the greatest love that any person can have for another person is the gift of love. No greater gift than a man have but to lay down his life for another bro- for his brother. I think that says it all. Uh, honor your father. Uh, one of the things that as we've gone along I think the two greatest generations that ever walked this 
American earth or our parents and our grandparents because they changed this country without finding a shot to give them a lot of blood. Um, if there's anything I would like, my final point, if that's okay with you, Bishop, is I would like anyone on this podcast that listens to for a moment close your eyes and think about this. Think about a 12-year-old boy, scared, running for his life, barefoot, hearing hounds in the background, people in the background. He knows if they catch him, they kill him. And he kept running. And he kept running. A little, little girl who knows she's 9, 10 years old, if she, she's running for her freedom, she's running for her life, if they catch her, they'll kill her, they'll rape her, or all of them. Those were our great-great-grandparents, and they found a way. And they were good people that helped them going through undergrounds, people of all different complexions and races and colors, and helped them, but they kept going. So all our children had to know our story because when they face those challenges, they got to know that they're standing on the shoulders of their own heroes and their own legacies and that they, too, can do it. Your story about your father is awesome. He gave his life to make someone else's life better. And, yes, it takes that. And yes, it takes that kind of courage. And yes, you have to deal with that adversity. But every child needs to know that their great-great-grandparents went through that for them. So don't quit. Go find and make the world a better place. I want to cap this off with just a, an understanding of a, a quote. I don't even know if it's a quote, but it's, well, it is a biblical quote that says uh, in Ephesians uh, 4, 16, each joint supplies with the other joint needs. But I think I want to give a definition of a hero. A hero is someone who doesn't care so much about themselves that they won't fight for the rights of other people. We have had heroes in our community. And there's a generation, I believe that there's a generation that's coming and there are heroes embedded in that generation. And I hope that as you listen to this podcast, as you listen to uh, Mr. Wise, that you heard his story at Oberlin, that he had to fight to make sure that he was seen. He had to fight at University of Maryland to make sure other women were not raped on that campus. And he had to find creative solutions. I hope you heard that our parents had to fight and that our parents even had to fight within the context of their families with us. Because like all kids, we want to do what we want to do. But somebody has to set parameters. Someone has to set lines of demarcation. But the bottom line, when you accept uh, development, when you accept chastisement, when you accept the fact that life doesn't revolve around you and that in order to be successful in life, you have to go through certain things and just embrace it. Don't stop running because the hounds of hell are chasing you. Don't stop running because life isn't treating you fairly. Don't stop running because you didn't get the job. Well, you keep fighting until you get, get someone will hire you if you present yourself properly. And eventually, God will lift you up and elevate you. And if you can do some of these basic things, you can love your children. If you can impart and impact your children, you to our hero so be a hero and then go and impact this world Keith you got any closing comments anything you you want to say well, I think we have I want to thank you Bishop for this time 
uh, when you have a conversation from the heart that is inspired, a lot of good things will come for it. I hope some people, one person picks this up and it helps them. That's my dream and that's my prayer. And that's my prayer too. Again, don't forget the book of Daddyisms, words from the wise, timeless lessons to triumph over any challenge by Deshaun Wise Porter and my friend Keith Evan Wise. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. During this Christmas season, I hope that you reflect on the Christ and that you go and influence the nations. God bless.